right. It's this is uh, well. How the hell do I start these things again? It's been a hot minute, man. <laughs> Oof. But so much has happened. I'm I'm six months pregnant now. Oh. Uh, well, I'm not. But anyways, <laughs> hello and welcome to the rules of acquisition, a podcast where we're going through every single episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. My name is Wade Bowen. Oh, and this is like the greatest show ever, or something. I usually say that. It's very apt for today. <laughs> yes, my name is Wade Bowen, and with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey guys, and Hugh. Crawford. Hey, how's it going? We are talking about an episode. Sometimes there's an episode, and this one is called Field of Fire. Is that right? Yes, this is called Field of Fire. It's episode 13 on season 7. Uh, it originally aired February 10th, 1999. And here is the IMDb description. To find an apparently untraceable murderer, Ezri Dax reluctantly calls up the residual consciousness Remnant of her symbiont's past hidden psychopathic murder host, Joran. <laughs> that, how about that for a sentence? Psychopathic uh, murder host. Yeah. Um, this episode was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, but this episode. It was garbage with cool headgear. Yeah. So it's kind of a push. James watched it before all of us uh, several weeks before. And it was like, oh my God, send us a clip. And I was like, oh, James is right. This is horrible. And then I watched it like before I went to bed one night. And I was like, yep, this is horrible. And I watched it again tonight and I was like, wait a minute, no, this isn't that bad. And then it hit and like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. There's a certain point where it hits. It's like, oh, no, this is horrible. Oh, shit. So the story with this episode is that it's a culmination of the last few weeks and next week's episode because Prodigal Daughter was a like a writing room nightmare and it got collapsed in on itself like a dying star and then exploded in a quasar and, and it killed people. And it was horrible. And, and Ronald D. Moore and David Weddle and Bradley Thompson was taken out of it. Um, if they couldn't, they, and then Iris Stephen Bear and Hans Bimler were writing Emperor's New Cloak. Renee Shavaria was writing Chimera. So this episode was, uh, had to be parted out to what turns out to be like, you know, a man whose esteem in this writing room is, is grown as he's lived, which is Robert Hewitt Wolf. And he goes, it doesn't say this in, on Memory Alpha, but it's like, just write Silence of the Lambs with a character you've never heard of before. And he's like, okay. And like, they probably offered him, you know, a month's rent or whatever to turn out like anything. And so Robert right. Hewitt Wolf did. It felt like write a uh, murder mystery, who done it, and then and then do this Duran thing, and then it, up until they bring Duran in, I was like, this is fine set up for like a just like a murder on the Orient, who done it thing, and then Duran comes in. I was like, oh fuck, this sucks. Like I felt like it was beat for beat, Silence of the Lambs, like it's two at a bear. Oh, there's definitely some Silence of the Lambs. I mean, almost there. like two at a bear. Yeah, but he never like escapes. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which would have been cool <laughs> if he had Somehow, left her body. He left her memory. And, right. Like, <laughs> right. If he had uploaded his memory into like a hologram and or then stole the worm, and that would have been great. No, yeah, worm yes. yeah. yeah, I mean, the main problem with this episode, I think, is clearly Duran, right? <sighs> um, <laughs> what is the main? What is the main problem? I think the main problem is this is another episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine that has no interest in being Star Trek. This is a cheap murder she wrote. Right. It's another you know, like oh, I'm bringing Robert Hewitt Wolf back in. Oh, we were doing noir shit. I'll tell a noir mystery or something like because you know Odo even says I've been reading a lot of crime novels or whatever so I was like I read 20th century crime novels Raymond Chandler Mike Hammer that sort of thing I did notice in that in that scene Avery Brooks 
is really good at like reacting to people. Yeah. Or he's a really good listener <laughs> actor. Yeah. Like whenever he's spo- his character is supposed to be listening to what the other actor is saying, he's really good at that. Well, that's really all they write for him to do. You know, be, <laughs> I mean, seriously, lately it's just to be a reactor. I mean, we're, yeah, we're in yeah. a long stretch of that. So. That's he's the principal of the show. I'm, like he's he? the principal. <laughs> he's the, it's this is it seems like it's a show about Ezri Dax. It seems like yeah, we're, that, that's we're right. watching that's a show the, about Ezri Dax and a lounge singer. It's such a crime because we this is the first Star Trek where they've decided to make the captain not the focus. I mean, the captain's gone for three or four episodes that and you and you know, you have these whole whole sections of Deep Space Nine that are about the bartender. <laughs> right. And, well, it's like it's bookended. Like, this is a show about the captain, but now we're in the middle and like, well, we need to give these other characters some time to shine. And so they forget entirely about the captain and write these bad, like, well, this is when we can just kind of uh, sleepwalk through our scripts. Or it's just a crisis room and everybody's yeah, having yeah. to throw in on the failed move. Iris Stephen Bear picked out like... 15 movies from the blockbuster and said <laughs> you do treasure of the sierra madre you do the conversation you and went through like everything and then like all those scripts collapsed because they were brainless then he you have a crisis and then you have a slew of just disappointing episodes yeah and talk about like oh now it's a lounge singer and dax like you know you got your vegas lounge singer and then you got a perfect opportunity in this episode to go back to master magician jeff magnus mcbride and you fuck it up with the mask because you don't think he can act well enough (laughs) and you get this guy who's like going straight out of like daytime soaps i'm your evil twin brother or you know i know how he thinks you can catch him that's really I think that did, and this is what I was thinking, because I, you know, because I was thinking, first off, you know, because I was sort of focused on what a ripoff of Silence of the Lambs it is. It almost could have, like, the process of writing this script by Robert Hewitt Wolf was probably the same process that Asylum uses to write the salience of the limbs or whatever, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the thing that you put in, like the itcher Kroger. That's yeah. like, yeah. but like, anyway. I mean, I got mostly the silence of the lamb and the characters. I didn't get the plot beats quite as much as you well, did. I mean, you're hunting for a killer. You have to put yourself in the mind of the killer. So you go to a killer and then tick tock, Clarice. But like, there's all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All so right, it's all right. that shit. So there's that. Um, it's even to the point where she's looking through uh, night vision goggles for a while. So there's a sequence even with night vision goggles. Oh, right. Oh, good so point. I, that, I was thinking that the whole time. But the, one of the things I was like, did Anthony Hopkins like just ruin TV acting for the 90s? Because it seems like every time there is a villain in the 90s, they were slow talkers. And it seems like he was the first one to do that. Like in the way right. cocky businessmen were in the 90s, weird, creepy slow talkers were that for the 90s or businessmen were the 80s in all the 80s movies and like like creeps were always the villains right and that right. was one of the th- ways that they always classified that was by slow just very right. methodical talking and i think that a lot probably because serial killers talk like that and in real life because they're you know kind of <laughs> yes, they're based yeah. they've got mental <laughs> they got mental issues so mm-hmm. um but it's such a bore. God, it's such a bore. <laughs> it's so bad, yeah. And there's it's no modulation the... or variation to it. It was just, yeah. Oh, there's modu- Oh, there's modulation. It's just over the I top. I mean, one of the highlights of this episode is whenever they're talking about Davy Crockett. 
That's how you know it's a bad episode. Whenever the like the scene that pops the most is is the David Crockett so, conversation. Yeah, I, I didn't like mine. Oh yeah, it did pop the most. So right. Robert Hewitt Wolf gave himself three minutes to think of a reason why this guy's killing people, and he came up with smile. And then he realized that that was dumb, but his three minutes were over. And he gave himself five minutes to think of how do I include this? And that's actually a little bit of skill is that he has Duran say this. How could someone be so happy with such ugly children or whatever he said? And, and that was <laughs> like, the best oh, line. that's a clever line to point out the smiling. So like, well, well you, you know, you could go if I'm going to my overthinking English major hat, like uh, the the villain, this goes back to DS9 in this last season, framing Vulcans as bad guys, as in the, uh, and logic being the problem, like the Vulcan, his logic somehow drives him to kill. All the Vulcans that we meet this season are kind of dicks or murderers, but yeah. Yeah, I do actually want to uh, point out that, um, uh, and I'm, pointing this out because it's so close to the episode of the long night of game of thrones and that it'll be coming out a week or so after that that it says according to wolf a vulcan serial killer was chosen in order to shock viewers that was the only the thought that was put into it that, that yeah that checks out i mean this proves my point with uh, allowing i mean a lot of people are talking about kicking people off Facebook and Twitter and people like Paul Joseph Watson. But if you give a platform to Nazis, as the Federation did with the with the, all the ethnoship, <laughs> the ethnoship. they will okay. eventually right. turn to violence to start to start uh, clearing out these things. Right. Well, so, I mean, so if you give them a platform... This is a direct yes. result of the, of the ethnoship. Yes. <laughs> violence and murder nece- will always follow giving Nazis platforms. Maybe it's because his ethnoship got destroyed. It's PTSD is part of his problem, right? Because he's... He's he's one of six survivors out of twelve hundred. Well, I'm sure if you want to make a defense for him, but let's just say that he was he's a racist who's a part of a racist group of people. <laughs> he just and, can't stand to pe- see people be happy because. And I would like to have seen. And do you really think that we would have these Vulcans going around killing? Uh, I don't like to hear you guys talking about somebody who proudly served. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that's. We are cool. talking about a troop here. <laughs> You're right. You You're are. Right. That's some. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I put out an official uh, statement backtracking on this. Kind of. The idea yeah, that it was that, a Vulcan was just like, it was written to shock views, but it was just so they could have those, but why is, oh, he hates smiling Vulcans. It was literally oh, just yeah. the next thing on the fucking list. He gave yeah. himself, and I, you know, you've, I've had to, you know, when you're in creative writing programs and you are a lazy procrastinator, you end up having to write a lot of shit the day before. Or the night before or the morning of, and you do give yourself like, okay, I got to do this beat and this beat and this beat. I'll give myself this amount of time to literally come up with an idea. And then I'll just write. And then I get, and it it was all so like, you could just kind of see like, uh, I I have to come up with an idea this quick. I have to do this this quick. And it it worked out for some reason. They thought I was smart with that last bullshit paper I turned in. (laughs) I I thought it sucked, but I got an A on it. Okay, I I can keep doing this. Yeah. (laughs) So it was, I mean, it's it's a jobber script. And by someone, I don't, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't, did, was he fired? I don't know if he was fired. No, he left, I think, of his... I, then why is he just taking, like... Because you, you take the work you get. I mean, I think he left... Not if you were show running a show. <laughs> Didn't he leave to run Andromeda? Oh, th- oh, that show turned into... Yeah, but not in 1999. After one season, they, they kicked <laughs> him off, like, because of Kevin Sorbo's big head. And and it was being run by, like, a... Oh, so maybe that's like what Like, a third-rate production company full of, like, rich 
like fail sons or something and who, who but, wanted to produce weren't they weren't they actually gene roddenberry's fail sons? <laughs> i don't I, think so. it was based on a, a drum. discarded script from gene roddenberry but I, and I developed don't by his family i mean i'm not saying that he's the only uh fail son asshole on the set right. but um right right yeah i think that he was involved in the production of andromeda his right. oldest well, son everything i've seen robert Hill wolf talk about it he's like no it was made by these producers who decided who had no no writing experience whatsoever, but they were working on the show and decided that they wanted to write and had horrible ideas. And Kevin yeah. Sorbo also had horrible ideas and a big dick to swing around. And so it was just a clusterfuck of of epic proportions. And he yeah. was basically written off or kicked off by the end of the second season. Yeah. So like, I mean, so I don't know, I guess maybe he was fucking hard up by this point, but like, I mean, it's just doing his friends a favor, you know? Right. So, I mean, it's not crazy that he'd come. This on is do about hard. I work to get through my friends. favors. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. feel like I, I felt like I hit the good friend threshold just by showing up. So as long as I don't fucking leave, I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, like so. No, yeah. I think that he turned it a script on time. It was. It's fun. The Silence of the Lamb stuff is not great, but the performance makes it so much worse for me. Yeah, well, that first scene isn't that atrocious. Yeah. Do we want to? You want to? We want to break it down a little bit. Just go into the episode. There's not much goes on in this episode. That's another problem with it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the setup is actually pretty good. I thought like the first before, like I said before, we get Duran. <laughs> like, I mean. The names are a little bit like out of a noir, Mrs. Peacock and the like, but well, Hector Ilario, who is a bit of a Lothario almost, <laughs> the finest fighter pilot who was the helmsman on the Defiant and he's, they're given a, and so say all of us. I got the feeling he was kind of like a, like a, he was in over his head, but he, he did a okay thing. So they were going to overpray. I, I mean, which is the thing that military does and then I don't right. know. They're, yeah. They're talking him up and like he he won a great battle he's been he's only been there for 10 days he's been mm-hmm. on the defiant for seven then we get the alamo like hey can i and they're like anything you want and can we talk about the uh homoerotic subtext between uh julian and miles yes it definitely <laughs> sounded like they were fucking in the <laughs> yeah like they're they've got a we're, we're very serious about our leisure activities it's a real way to great way to relax and relieve stress it's a, oh can i come it's like no 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 it's a very personal experience between uh julian and yeah, I. the greco-roman wrestling yeah mm-hmm. they've got the- greece yeah I have a hollow suite visit it's sort of a personal experience he's very particular about anybody seeing him in his coon skin cap. and then they're like all all everybody else have you been in there with them oh god no i would never want to go there so they're like <laughs> i miles would never fuck julian but <laughs> i davy crockett would definitely fuck definitely. jim Bowie. <laughs> right <laughs> We're not gay, we're cowboys. We're just committing to the bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, they're, they're like, oh, let's raise a glass to this class of 72, because boomers. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, the dates just line up, but like, oh yeah, like I'm sure the class of 72, that probably lines up. With... My dad was class of 72. Then they, they, they go off to the hollow suite to ha- play in the Alamo, but then Dax and Kira are dr- up drinking late, and then she's walking him back to his back to his apartment. Yeah, this like... had creepier, I think this has creepier vibes now than it did when it probably aired. <laughs> oh, it most definitely read yeah. as creepy. Because when they left it, I was like, did did Julian and Dax just leave two women with a drunk guy they barely know? Like, that's yes, what I thought. I was like, exactly what kind of asshole friends is this? And then I, re- yeah, you know. I didn't read it that way because 
I, I read it. Oh, I totally I read did. It as, I thought that guy was going to put on the creepy moves. Yes. You, uh, you, never, I was, you never leave a friend with a drunk guy they don't know. Right. Well, I. <laughs> and it's framed as something like that parting words that she he gave her before she left uh-huh. about being cute in the morning and he'll be oh, sober. Oh, like, Churchill. He's quote. totally, he totally came on to her. Oh, yeah. In a, he totally. In an uncomfortable situation. And it's all framed as like a cute thing. Well, see, this is where. Right. Okay, this is. I would agree with you, except she was also kind of into it. Like, and not to oh, say... Not, well, that's because the writers were writing it. Because the writers weren't writing that story, but the situation is uncomfortable well, to sure, us. Yeah. I mean, I've been right. on dates where I've been, you know, she was drinking with him too. And it felt like, oh, I'm going to walk you home. And then sometimes like... No, they have that weird moment where it's like you... We've been trying to hint that you need... We need to go for a while. So it seemed like there was yeah. like a... Like they, aban- like they abandoned them with him. And I don't know. It was very... It was I, a weird I, moment. It was weird. But I don't, it, I agree with you. It wasn't intended to be weird. They weren't telegraphing anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was, I, I don't think it was supposed to be like, it wasn't baked in on purpose. Yeah. I don't right, think. Right, right. No, it, it was just felt weird. like uh, just a single, like, I don't, I mean, I, I've been single more recently than you guys, but like, it's, I mean, not. But we've all made women uncomfortable when we're drunk, right? <laughs> the, yeah. <laughs> To where, you know, he's just like coming on to her, but he's not making any, he's not touching her without consent or anything, or he's, I know. he's making sure. a pass. And, and then she right. she seems kind right. of into it, but she's like, oh, but she's not, I'm your superior basically too. And it's like, oh, maybe. It's just one of those things where I think it's a, I mean, I think it maybe it's a generational thing where I've since learned to not do that. Right. Don't leave women with drunk guys they don't know. If you're going to be a friend or chivalrous or what, I mean, other women yeah, don't yeah. leave women with a drunk guy, you know, like I'll, cause I've heard enough bad stories and and I think I've probably heard more than 1997 Robert Hugh Wolf. I don't know because we talk <laughs> sure, about sure. it more because we yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. it more now. And so I think it was just one of those things where it was like, you remember like during the pastiche of the first season of Mad Men when they would do like, they would throw trash on the street. Right, right. Or or they let uh, Sally play with, play, a, with a, p- play with a bag yeah. over her head in one episode. And you're just kind of like, <laughs> different time. Yeah. Or a neighbor, the one I remember is a neighbor's friend slapped another kid's kid. And it was cool with the other with the dad, and I was like, "Oh, you lived through the slap! Oh my yeah. god!" But uh, yeah, so so it was those things, and and so I, I think it's just one of those social things that was like, "Yeah, yeah, this is a time." She she asked him if he wanted a, a drink instead of getting the fuck out of there, but she's being nice. Uh, she's like, "Oh, you would you like a nightcap or rectagino?" And then like, no, and yeah, like, that was to get him sober. Do you need a cup of coffee? I know, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, she was clearly played to be uncomfortable around him. Like that was played up. I don't know if she was. I don't know if I saw that. Because it seems like she was playful. and like, It's been time for a while for you to go home. Oh, this isn't my first drunk guy. I've had to cart home. She, oh, yeah, this is my true. apartment. He flirts with her. She's like, well, I got to go. I'm beat. I mean, those are all of the things that when you're trying to be nice to a guy, but he's making you uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess maybe I'm just sensitive because I've been that guy too often. I think that, I think that Robert <laughs> Hewitt Wolf was trying to, to, to hear you in this character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think he's played to be sinister or evil. I don't think this character right. would be written this way now because I don't think... Oh yeah, it's just it's a new thing. But so I don't think that's a, what. What are they doing? It was just oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of looking back. I, w- I took Cisco to a bar on Belarus and drink and sorry and brandy gets you real drunk. Yeah, and, and, but then he gets murdered. Oh no. Yep. And he's been killed with a chemically projectile weapon from a titanium bullet, a TR-116 rifle with a dampening field and radiogenic environmental scope or something. Like, I don't know. If you've ever created a laser technology, like energy force regenerated technology, like 
project why would you ever go back to projectiles oh well actually i thought the i thought this was a nice bit of it's like the like the weird guns that the jimidar have to prevent clotting and they say for they say exactly why they did it because then if you're in a if it, they're made for in a dampening field that an energy dampening field where phasers won't work or a radiogenic environment is when you would use need a projectile bullet but and it was only in development. They never got released. And they were replaced with regenerative phasers because I yeah. guess that works better. And you're right. But mm. the fact that this is a thing, it's a... I guess I'm saying once you tech, once you hack, like technology doesn't really do well to go backwards unless you're in a, like, you're in a, like the shit. Like if you like it, you know, yeah, you've got yeah. to build the Iron Man suit in a cave or whatever. But like generally once you've developed a certain type of technology you thwart defenses by going to more technological not like and then we have fixed our bayonets you know like it's kind of like nothing ever really oh, well un- unless you're dune and you and you have force fields and you have to stab slowly through them or fury road where you can't have computer cars you can make a combustion engine i mean i guess fury road like i don't the, it wasn't a futuristic society when the uh, that's right. that, that's a crisis they're all living in iron man tony stark's cave but the point is like sometimes a more blunt instrument is there's less points of collapse uh, that's fine yeah and anyways it's just a test thing they have replicator mm-hmm. patterns that nobody can get unless they're starfleet so that's i bet in the circle of writers for star trek the way that stand-up comedians always have a version of the aristocrats in their pocket I bet it's broached that every writer has to have a pet transporter cool thing idea. Oh, totally. Do you remember that great Breaking Bad episode where the guy's <laughs> talking about, like, they're using the transporter to win an eating contest? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I think cool. there are certain times where you're watching a Star Trek episode and, you, and you're just like, why can't, why aren't they just using the transporter? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if you and if you think that enough, then you're going to come up with these types of stories. Mm-hmm. So having a gun that shoots transporter bullets mm-hmm. is sort of a cool no-brainer. How it sees through walls is kind of weird. I guess your vision is transported, and too. super ethically dubious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because at one point, Esri just looks over the guy, uses it to look over his shoulder to see what he's looking at on his computer screen, (laughs) which is totally not. Which is totally not cool. I think it was a guy with his back to us sitting at the computer. And the first thing I thought is, he's jerking <laughs> off. Like, she's going to watch this guy jerk we off. We know what he's doing. Like, he's at pawnfar.com <laughs> and he's just jerking it. But no powder burns. And Odo's been reading 20th century crime novels, so he knows that. You know? My favorite thing was just Julian going, what are powder burns? And everybody going, don't you watch television? Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Julian and Dax have a, like, don't blame yourself in the moment and over by the coffin. Yeah. Whereas he's like, I'm a doctor. I could never, I just can't comprehend what it's like to take a life. And she's like, I can, I've seen some shit. I was possessed by master magician, Jeff Magnus McBride, and then some other actor. And now this piece of shit guy. That um, some other actor was Avery Brooks. And yeah. And then that's when it, the episode starts to suck for me. Never recovers. Oh, well, this is where the, uh, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing show? Like, he even <laughs> sounds like a Buffalo Bill voice when he first talks, and then it moves to Hannibal Lecter later. We should stop being afraid of me. It's not like we're strangers. Who do you fuck me? I fuck I mean, it's silly that she has like a chant that she can do to bring like to bring him online. <laughs> and do, and if you thought that I didn't write it down, you would be wrong. <laughs> but. Uh, but then somebody else dies. He's like, use use me. Do the right of emergence. And 
She's like, no. But then Greta Vanderwig died. Like, okay, that's on the Orient Express or something. Greta, her name is Greta Vanderwig. Yes. And this was written in the 90s when Greta Van Susteren was like all over cable television. That's cute. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, because she, she was an OJ celebrity. That's what her rise to fame. And so, and then she got a CNN show and then eventually went on to Fox for Was she 37 back then with 12 years of service? Uh, I don't know. Then they have the Davy Crockett mythology of Davy Crockett Crockett and you know uh some men back in the day eroticized their rifles and gave them fem- female names and maybe I'll name my tricorder Sally and then figures out displaced targeting thanks Davy Crockett and, and Julian you're a genius and yeah look, I come I come from the Davy Crockett tall tales as a kid raised in Tennessee I didn't hear oh, enough right, of those right. when I was a kid no that's great that's best fine. scene of the episode I don't know I don't know <laughs> probably uh, I guess when it dawned on when it dawned on O'Brien at the like pie tin thing, yeah, 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 the pie tin thing. The idea was that he was going to shoot a bullet at one of these pans, which would then ricochet to another, and then to another. And that another, that works a little bit, I yeah. guess. It because it mercifully moves the plot. <laughs> my, favorite thing, mercifully my favorite moves. thing is the clearly safety first protocols of the like he calls him into a room and he shoots a live bullet into the fucking room, like he, like a right. live, He tells them to to put on safety costumes. Safety glasses all right mr wizard yeah, safety goggles <laughs> like, yeah. i should have whipped up that shield that tony stark uses and it's like like what the fuck you just fired a live round into the fucking room right and yeah, and, yeah. and a pressurized like capsule too like if you hit a window we're we're all right. yeah. I, I did like later on actually when the the mad vulcan shoots it uh esri through the walls it does hit through the go through the walls and it's like depressurized because there's gas coming through it. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. that was actually a nice little touch there that you know for a dumb episode. They had to show that she was in definite peril right. without like that showing that projectile weapons could pierce the hull and depressurize it was like oh that's kind of interesting. They didn't talk about it. It's just in effect. And then O'Brien just fired one in willy nilly. <laughs> yeah, uh, a nice melon. Yeah, I guess uh, that when you get rid of guns for so long you don't have gun nerds but that's what i was thinking like was there not <laughs> you junior officer do you not do you have your fucking <laughs> yeah. head up your ass you did not fire a service weapon with your feet <laughs> right i mean i've got enough uh, nra members in my family like what's the first thing when somebody hands you a gun well you check to see if it's loaded or not <laughs> like i've had that drilled in my head uh, you, you know, fucking shit you, for brains are you, fucking you ne- <laughs> yeah you never you keep it you know don't Keep it pointed down and not towards mm-hmm. people. And, yeah, whatever. Uh, Gun nerds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, we see Morn take take home a, take home a prostitute, or just may, maybe not, maybe not prostitute, but a scantily clad woman. B- BDE. He hits those back walls, man. He brings the couch wherever. <laughs> <he goes. laughs> yeah, and then um, <laughs> I got the, I'm still laughing. <laughs> I was overwhelmed with odd joke possibilities that they all passed me by. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yep. I, catch, I didn't catch any of them. That happens, man. <laughs> happens to the best of us. Yep. Worf gets a moment. Worf's not awful. Like, he's been stalking her. He's like, okay, well, oh, 
way to be a creep and watch Ezra or go around. But then at the same time, this station is this station is lousy with security officers and cops. Yeah, <laughs> but we've got but we've got Ezra doing this. Right. How's your forensic psychology? It's like oh, it's not my favorite subject. That's what I like about actually. That's what I like about Ezra is that it, anytime you ask her about anything, she's like, oh. <laughs> I don't know if I like. Yeah, that's how she is about everything. She is. Yeah, I get the feeling that she's a character actor put in a lead role maybe too many times oh i thought she was fine oh i didn't my problems weren't with her really so much as what yeah no the sh- she wasn't she's the worst fine thing. most of the time she was not that this wasn't her best work she was also playing off that duran guy man i can't say enough good things about him but um, I mean, just like any time that you i get the feeling that she's probably like a if you give her something like to play off of she does really well but the the sort of spark that an ingenue has or a lead right. has it, it, it's you know and it, it's hard to put your finger on what that is sometimes yeah. you know terry farrell had that same kind of issue when she was getting situated too like it's like what it, you didn't give me to hang this on i think that I'm she's probably like, even better like I, I i'm saying that i think that like esri like if you gave her like you play like yeah, okay, yeah. you're playing a girl who's addicted to methamphetamines, but you really need to go to, you know, whatever. Like, I think that she could do that because there's a lot going on there. Oh, yeah. But, like, I think that if it's just, like, like what you hire Chris Evans to do, be an underwritten character that just people like. Yeah, that just people like. You know, when you hire Chris Evans, that's what you get. And and, <laughs> and that's, like, she, she keeps getting put into these kinds of, like, roles and they don't have the, the right from the writing perspective. They don't have anything on them. It's kind of like that's what a lead does, you know, right, is right. carries things through the force of personality. And she's not doing that. Yeah. Episode. Worf gets a weird, just like a cameo, but it actually it makes sense for his character. Like he's still a little bit fucked up over his wife getting murdered. He's a little bit overprotective of this Dax. <laughs> And then he gives her a pep talk. It's like, you'll do it because that is your way or whatever. But now that now that Odo's out of the pen- penalty box, um, now yeah. Worf is just Jadzia's grieving husband. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 She does the rite of emergence where she's in Nora, Jaquela, Voke. Voke. Oh, look, Voke. There's that word again. I'm sorry. Zahazri, Zion, Tara. Oh, my fucking God. I totally forgot about the whole first season of. Is that a thing they do? Or is it like, why. Like this is that's a weird mechanic. It's, it all goes back to that one where all the all our favorite actors play her different hosts. But I didn't think fight. that was like I thought that was like a like a one. Yep. I thought that was like a one-time thing or something, like going it, into the, to the... It was supposed to be, but then they had so much fun with it. They're like, well, we should go to her past lives more often. Mm-hmm. And then they did it again with Duran and that other episode right except Cisco well, no, was well playing. yeah yeah they you, that was like they set up different rules each time they've done yeah, this yeah. the yeah. the mask thing was just in her dreams the other thing was like a rite or ritual that they do right where they put these people in so that they can readdress the the people but it's like fake like it's I don't know. I didn't understand the mechanic. I guess they're t- possessed by some sort of they're, magic spirit. I don't. Yeah, yeah. They 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 shoot their brain engrams onto another person and take. Why does DS Nine always double down on their worst ideas? <laughs> they always do without yeah. fail. I guarantee you, if this went into clear into season twelve, Duran and Esri would have teamed up three other times to solve other murders. <laughs> there would be more sex change quark. Speaking of worst impulses, they do keep alive. They they have a kind of subplot going through the season between who's gonna get Esri? Is it gonna be Julian or Duran? Says like quark 
because I don't know what you see in him and like they're keeping uh, alive. Yeah, maybe Esri as a prize to be won is yeah, yeah. just so unfortunate. I don't, it's not so much that they have the, I don't know who's responsible for changing it, but it seems that they have this worst instinct and we all know it comes from Rick Berman. They want to sexualize the females like mm-hmm. really bad. And that's <laughs> yeah. like, that's what they really want to do. But with Dax, it sort of worked because it, from it went from being sexualized to somehow being sexuality, and that's mm-hmm. different. Like right. that's giving the char- that's giving the character depth and and something in her life. Like that's fleshing out a character. Whereas sexual, and I feel like with Esri, I don't, I don't. I, it's hard to put your finger on, but I, I feel that somehow like they're still, she's still like uncomfortably sexualized, and it's because everybody's talking about fucking her. They're going after her almost just because she's Dax, not because she's Esri. It's not because she's hot. It's because she's got a worm in her belly that they have a crush on, which is kind of weird, I guess. I mean, that's better than just but, like, she's hot, hubba hubba, but they, they don't they don't spare an opportunity to say, oh, you know, you're you're. you're no, I don't even think that, that, but I don't, I don't know. Why do you want to fuck a worm? Like, I don't, like that a half a person, I don't know. It's just a very weird, they haven't, if that's what they're doing, then dig into that because at least like, flesh it out so that it's a full idea but um so so they're they're attracted to the worm but also like they can't help but sexualize this young actress yeah so they had to and so that's really the only way that they're doing it i feel like and i and i don't know and i hope it's not just me just looking but i feel like that that the camera is always down her shirt a lot i didn't catch that but i i feel like there's constant like i'm trying on the lookout for it now yeah i don't know maybe i mean maybe it's I don't know. But I feel like that they're, and then everybody's talking about fucking her. They put her in those situations where you're beautiful and like a handsy guy in the right, room right. and wharf sexual tension. I feel like there's all they're of They're always doing yeah, that. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. It's very off putting and like they're doing it so much. And I'm, you know, you're already kind of disengaged because you've, you spent so much long time with Jadzia and now I got to get used to this and I, we know it's the end. So don't, don't get too used to it. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but they're having to do it a lot just to have her go over. And I feel like I, I, I was constantly watching it from Nicole DeBoer's perspective and not Esri's where I, I, I I'm constantly kind of th- going in my mind, thinking about like Nicole DeBoer, the person who didn't grow in with this cast is just having to watch like this go- herself get put in these goofy ass stories. Mm-hmm. And I, and I wonder, you know, like what she was thinking and everybody's talking about one. And then she has to be a lesbian for an, ep, you know, a, a rogue lesbian for an episode. It's just, it's very, I don't know. I just, I, it seems very yeah. weird. Yeah, it is weird. I mean, she was probably just happy to get that kind of work. Mm. Yeah. But, but you know, but you're totally right. Yeah. Man. But I'm sure she had some really saucy tweets with her girlfriends about like, yeah, right, look at these right, fucking right. gross, like, man nerds. What is, what was the shirt that Iris Stephen Bear was always shown? When they did photo shoots during their run. Oh, nobody knows I'm a lesbian. I, I'm a lesbian. You know, it's yeah. the guy who wears that shirt is the, yeah. her boss. Right, <laughs> right. You, and you and who knows what kind of awkward casting meetings she had with Rick Berman. Yeah, yeah. So I, and that's just one thing that I'm constantly thinking of. And I think the show is, if it's not the show's fault, they're helping me constantly think of that by putting her in these kinds of situations and not really giving her a lot of character other than to be a sex trophy, which is a shame. She's They're giving her some camaraderie stuff, but she's also, she's mostly that, you know. She but. comes off to me like what I probably w- wanted a girlfriend to be when I was 16. Like, she comes off like a... <laughs> like, <laughs> 
it's well, I'm sorry. I'm just remembering a girl you had a crush on in high school that had a similar haircut to a. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, but no, I mean but this like sort of doe-eyed, open, uh, emotional, responsive, a little bit fragile, so you can be chivalrous and protecting her. A mm-hmm. little bit saucy, so that you're not bored, and so that she's engaging. And, and you know, like it seems like that's um, like that's the kind of girl that a young guy wants, uh, like a young guy that maybe doesn't get a lot of girls, like nerds that write for Star Trek probably idealize girls like them. No, but sure, sure, <laughs> and, sure. And, and, and I mean, and let's just point out that she's humoring a, a kind of nerdy guy at the beginning of this episode. So that's, that's a thing. And, sure. and so I, I keep coming off and that's why, like I called her a manic pixie dream girl, but I also kind of like, that's more of what she is, is that she's kind of, she's not her own thing. You know, like she doesn't like she farts. Like she's, she, you know, she, uh, uh. she looks like she's really into the same music you're into or whatever, you know, she looks, looks like, a, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. She looks like a projection of a girl and not a girl. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and part of her whole character is that she's not sure who she is too. And being like a guy who's like, well, I can tell you who you are. I'm a, I'm a guy exactly. that knows exactly things. And yeah. And mm-hmm. you're the insecure girl. And no, oh, I find that attractive. So yeah. Put, put it this way. Like. When a young man realizes that when a girl comes to you with pro- thinks that when a girl comes with you with problems, you need to help her, and she looks like a girl that needs help. Older guys know that when a girl comes to you with problems, you just shut the fuck up and listen. <laughs> like you know, like, right, right. And and I think and don't try to help them. And that, that sort of I don't know. Like I, I feel like these guys haven't made it to that point in a relationship. Yeah, it's not ruining the character for me. It's just something that I'm kind of noticing with her, and that that I kind of that's baggage. That I'm carrying, right, right? Yeah. We get a Harry Potter picture from Greta Vandervig. We learn that her husband is a micro paleontologist on Mora Five. The guy that's running away in Quark's bar, she tackles him, and because she's got a Hannibal Lecter. Oh yeah, <laughs> Hannibal Lecture. I think he said. You. Yeah, I call him Hannibal Lecture. So in that scene, that was the scene in Silence of the Lambs where Scott Gitlin calls Clarice in and goes, "You're, you're it's getting into your head. You're getting too cl-. like that was exactly like right, that right. scene. Like you gotta yeah, she's oh." Gonna, she's gonna stab him in the eye if they didn't pull her off. Oh my god, it was in like a thousand eight nineties movies where you get into the mind of a killer, but do you start becoming a killer? But can you come back? Yeah. And she's like, no, I gotta get rid of you. Hey, duh. No, sorry. I'm sorry. She says that a bunch, but it doesn't work. And he's like, you can't get rid of me. And the fucking effects in the mirror where he fades away but then he's right by her shoulder but Mm. then we learn that there's been another murder and this time it's a bolian zim brought been there for five years going back to something that we talked about in the previous episode where are the poly couples the bolians also are he has a wife and a co-husband on Bolaris. so he's some weird poly race or maybe they have oh really yeah a wife and a co-husband wife and a co-husband interesting a bunch of ugly children (laughs) They look like blue walnuts, so yeah. <laughs> and then that's when Esri puts it together. They're all laughing faces, and then oh, <laughs> so it's the like, dumbest oh, it fucking be. the dumbest fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> he hates people who smile, fucking smilers. <laughs> right. 
<gasps> my whole life I've had to put up with those fucking smilers. Oh, now you're thinking like he thinks. Oh, good. <laughs> we get more numbers. There's 48 Vulcans on DS9 out of the 900 Starfleet officers, I presume. And out of those 48, 28 have suffered a great loss because he must have suffered a great loss because he hates emotion and happiness. And then, oh, it's not just that. It's the way the photo freezes the emotion like the laughter will last forever. Oof. <laughs> yes. And then they're going into a habitat ring on level 55, K55. And then what luck should have it, there's a Vulcan that gets on the same transport with her and Jorion Chulak. And he's aged 97. And he was on the USS Grissom, which was taken out by Jim Hadar ships and Richter Prime. And he was one of six survivors out of 1,250. And Duran's like, it's him, I know it. And she's like, shut up. And the guy's like, what are you, are you talking to me? And then she goes to do be watch him, uh, his porn habits over his shoulder and learns out like, what's he looking at? Oh my God, it's me. Oh no. And then... <laughs> So I guess Duran was right. I guess yeah. I guess that's why that's why she called him along. I mean, he actually helps. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, they they tack I, on that I bullshit guess. like theme. Like you're gonna be better because you let me into your life and don't block me away. Right. Like a little bit of killer is gonna be something in you. Uh, you know, don't don't let it. You know, that's so. It was kind of like it's that bullshit that like old drunk abusive dads always say to their estranged kids. You know, I might not have been the best father, but I was there. No, you weren't. <laughs> you know, but it was like, you know, I might be right. a serial killer, but I'm part of you that you need. She goes, not really. <laughs> like, you know, just when a contrived yeah. plot makes it so. Right. And then it ends with... I mean, she's not Will Graham. She doesn't work for the FBI. Like, the only reason she was put <laughs> right. on this case was whatever. I don't know. But, like... So did they just like I I get the feeling that these episodes where you know we're we're down on we're down on this episode and and I you know I've been generally down on season seven but one of the things that seems that we're in a bad particularly a bad stretch of season seven and it seems to be because it's like Iris Stephen Bear just shouted out movies and Esri like to several writers and go. Go, you tell the Godfather 2, you you tell the Robert De Niro parts of Godfather 2 with Esri. You tell Han Solo, but le, le, lesbian Han Solo, but with Esri. You do, you know, and it just went through. Right. And then, and we just then, introduced her this season. We got to make her, integrate her to the cast where everybody gets to love her with mm-hmm. all these in-depth episodes exploring. I was like, oh, but they all suck. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's all like, the, the, you know, you go through these pastiche of movies, you know, Esri yeah, throughout yeah. the movies, like, you know, <laughs> right. Esri's Indiana Jones in this one, Esri, Esri is Tucker, a man in his dream in this episode. Right. Oh, this is the <laughs> Dallas Esri episode, yeah, yeah. going home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like they're doing that and I don't, yeah, it's not working. This is, this is some <laughs> so, yeah. of the, this is, this is just a bad sort of like, and it's not doing her any favor either. It's not Esri's fault right but or it's not nicole devore's fault that these episodes are bad these episodes are bad because the ideas are bad i don't even know if all the ideas are as bad as the the execution is 
worse than the ideas for me. I mean, doing but doing movies oh, yeah, yeah. is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> doing Silence of the Lambs on Deep Space yeah. Nine is is not. I a mean, good that's idea. like bad seasons of Law and Order do that. Not even good seasons of Law and Order do that. But like bad. So so you're now at this stock. Star Trek stock and trade was its creativity of the of the stories that you're getting and so right, right. and then when you're just doing like s- jag episode like and also <laughs> can we point out that silence of the lambs was eight years before it's like if someone had pitched an in uh, like an inception plot we go in dreams you know but it's a little different or or like dark knight i want i want a, a heath ledger type joker character comes in and right. she, our character has to interact with that you know it's like well, how, I mean, that, that's I the def, that should be the definition of hack in 19 yeah, when this, when I don't this episode think was the, pitched i think they're like I mean, it is that hack shit, but I don't think the starting point is just give me Silence of the Lambs. They're like, what is what is it about Ezra? Oh, she's got all these people living in her. Oh, one's a serial killer. Oh, that's a great... Oh, I got it. Oh, we're going to do something with that? Well, we're going to Silence of the Lambs it. There you go. And they think they're exploring the character, but it's just like... It's not. Mm-hmm. It's it's not great. Probably this could be fixed by not having twenty something episode seasons, and this is one of those. You know, this could go in those cases of like this is why, because I mean, I receive. I mean, I receive embarrassed. Is this why people think Babylon Five is better than Deep Space Nine? Is because they did their own thing. Probably, like, and they. I mean, it was bottom. written by a real writer. I mean, I'm sorry, guys, but like this is a committee situation, right? One of. You know, several of them have bad tendencies, so, and they all have some bad tendency, but but some of them have more than others. And where I think I'm not, I haven't watched Babylon Five, but John Mike or John Michael Str- James J Michael Straczynski J, J. Michael, is yeah yeah is is, is pretty good. And mm-hmm. I think he had it plotted. He had it plotted out like a novel from the beginning or something. Yeah, yeah. even though like I think their fifth season is supposed to go off jump the shark pretty hard they too, think or... those five seasons yeah but they never had an episode where they just did interview with a right. vampire but yes, they knew what they like... even if it went off the rails he knew what mm-hmm. he was aiming towards yeah. probably and to be honest i for some reason i would almost forgive it more if it was ripping off something from last year something that was still in its first quakes of the zeitgeist like if, if someone did a end game themed episode of I don't know, name some dumb show, I don't care, Modern Family or Discovery, Discovery or something. <laughs> like, you almost, like, forgive it because it's, like, you almost, like, you're jumping on a bandwagon, but hey, that's how you pay the bills. Where ripping off a plot so blatantly, so far, like, after it initially hit, there's no real dollars in it. It's just hacky. Yeah, I, yeah, I still think it's more of, like, just doing a noir episode and then hitting those. It's awful. Si- I mean, Silence of the Lambs is a unique structure of a I story, think, and this is exactly that. But it's not, it's also, it's a whodunit for first and foremost, and then... So it, is Silence of the Lambs. But it's it's like, it's a, it's a murder mystery. They even set up, like, oh, it must be an officer. Is it one of us? You know, it's like trying to... That's Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, but it's this is, like, str- this is more, like, this is more like a 1920s crime novel. I mean, which I need is... To, I need to get into the mind of a killer to catch another killer. But this one this one has a young woman as the one to, 
This one, this one, but James, this one has a young woman that's looking for the, the killer. <laughs> like they even meet uh, on accident in this. Like, like, and, and like the final sequence happens with Green. Like it's, yeah, it's a hundred. The Cisco is the Scott I mean, Glenn character. No, James, I'm not saying that it's not James, in there. I'm just saying James, that I'm saying it ain't. It ain't. No, it this ain't one, this one has a woman that looks that needs a serial killer to help her though. It's it's a bundle of tropes and and. Of crime novels and ever and yes and definitely taking it's from not it's a it's not a bundle it's one specific bundle I think it's also like a it's, number of other whodunits and then also Silence of the Lambs you're saying it's starting from Silence of the Lambs and I you know I has to be made but okay. amazing <laughs> I think that's a good place we should okay what's your rewatch meter oh my god that's <laughs> probably what we should do uh. No, this is, uh, yeah, I'll never oh, watch this episode again. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to put it back at a one. <laughs> All of the scenes, the scenes where she's like, oh, I get this, like, it could have been weirder and more interesting because like, when they're looking in people's rooms, for, which, my God, they let this technology just out among the staff of the, I don't know, which is probably real. I mean, our military would let, you know, just just right. it, you know, young officers have all kinds of like data sharing shit, but like they let her a thing that looks into people's room, into their private bedrooms. Well, she's, and, she's a, uh, she's like the main high staff. Like she's part of the, yeah. Whatever, yeah that, you, that, you know. That's not cool. It's not cool, but yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to work in a place where anybody can vicariously watch me masturbate. I mean, that's uh, fucking yeah. awful. I can't think of anything worse than like, like something that exists <laughs> so that perverts can look at women in the shower James, and masturbate. Do you, do you have, do, you, do you, just, I just want to check to make sure that you have tape over your uh, camera on your computer because I'm just, I hate to break I'm just it saying that it's, that that's a truck. <laughs> I mean, isn't, I'm saying that we live in hell world. Is this set <laughs> sure, in hell yeah. world? So anyway, so that, uh, barring that whole issue, like it, there was a while where I was like, this episode could veer into like body double De Palma territory, which is something more interesting like than this. And uh, where like she likes to watch <laughs> or something, you know, uh, but no, no, they don't even do that. They could turn her sexualizing into sexuality, this which is... would be interesting, but no, <laughs> they're not doing that. This is the first time that the three of us have like Wade is a one on this. Hmm. Which That's and I'm a zero, yeah, I'm you're a zero. zero. That's as low as it gets for us. Yeah, I don't group. think we've ever had a collectively low opinion. Yeah, we had, we had. I had another one a little ways back. So y'all, but I can't remember what. It, which I think one. it was the soccer episode. No, no, I mean like like two or three episodes back this season. I had a one. Oh, probably probably the uh, Ezri goes home. Episode. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh my god, that was. A t- you guys want to guess what the good people of IMDb think of this episode? I, um, I don't think. I they, think they like it a lot more than we do. Not a lot necessarily. Guess but, then. Give uh, me a number I'm, I'm, if I'm you think that. I'm working on it. Um, I'll say six point five. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's gonna go six point two. I think it's six point eight. Yep. Mm. Tell you. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> No, it's but not. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's it's a little bit below average, but it's not like a bad. Yeah, I I think it gets a five a point 
you know, 0.5 bump because it's Esri. Mm. It's a bad episode with Esri. It's not like a fr- like you never had to watch like the troll people yeah, right. jack off their ears yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You got to watch Esri for like you know. I think most I, of it. Yeah, so. I think people liked the i. I think the nerds liked the idea of like a teleportation gun because I think it is a clever gimmick. And if it were not, if it were just a murder mystery without the Silence of the Lamb stuff. I could see how this might be a, a fine enough episode, actually, of a of a murder mystery, murder plot, but that, like I said, Duran really rears it for me. It's a Vulcan who's killing people who smile in pictures. No, just the no, <laughs> just the the who done it, and the the invisible teleportation gun. <laughs> it's I don't think people. I don't think the Vulcan is what bumped up the score, but I think yeah. <laughs> No, it's just a really dumb reason to be murdering people. It's not even a, right. I don't know, yeah. He's, 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 a, he's a troop with PTSD, man. It's, it's not cool. We have to be... Uh, yeah, but like it's not like he's shooting... I mean, I don't know. There's no story to it. No, there's not. There's not like... No, there's there's no, no like He's not shooting people that were this... There's no point of view. Like he doesn't have a point of view. He's, like his whole reason is logic dictates mm. it. That's the laziest thing you could have. Right. He's just a, he's say. a foaming at the mouth crazy person, but with green blood. Mm. Like yeah. Do you guys have any other final thoughts on this episode? Uh, um, next week is Khmer. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't have. I know nothing about next week's episode. Yeah. Um, Mark. I mean, it's it's more Martok, but without Martok. Uh, I think he actually acts under a pseudonym. In it, huh. Jarmon Hertzler. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he actually acts under a pseudonym. All right. Yeah. So uh, I I I I watched this episode a month ago. I'm I'm tentatively saying that I, I think I think I might like this one. Okay. So I'm I'm ready to get out of Dax episodes and and swinging into the the end game as it were. Yes, yes, yes. I am I'm I mean this is this has been a just a massive plot hold. Like I mean mm-hmm. at some point I maybe Esri is just was the middle like a space holder. Right. Like you had to like start yeah. the end game in the first couple of episodes and then obviously right. pay it off at the end and what do you do in the middle? Just write a bunch of episodes. Just yeah. go to and Blockbuster. Got this new go to Blockbuster, pick fifteen movies and put Ezri in them. Like right. people mm. don't know her. They need to get to know this character. So do that in the middle with these filler episodes. Fun to watch guys. Yeah, but I mean yeah, so I oh and then we have uh Chimera, and then two weeks from now we have Bada Bing, Bada Boom, which I'm sure everybody's looking forward to our gushing excitement about. Yeah, they know we can't get enough Vic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wade, do you want to throw us out intro, outro? Oh yeah. All right. So yeah, if uh, you got thoughts, let us know them. Give us a call at nine one seven four zero eight three eight nine eight. If you want to get our opinions on other stuff, where where we talk about. Game of Thrones and Endgame, you should go check out the Kickers of Elves Patreon at patreon.com slash kickers of elves and give us some money because cause I'm going to need it because <laughs> I'm going to be a dad. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, congratulations. But, um, Keeping you know, him but in we diapers. Get, huh? We're potting for diapers here. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, oof. That's, um, but, you know, we don't make it work through while, so we try to put stuff up there for people to listen to and and uh, you know look of course us up you're on. doing of course you're doing cloth diapers right I mean uh, it would yeah, be uh-huh, uh-huh. no we're gonna do that thing where it's like the Chinese do it where you train your baby 
to like you know when it's gonna shit, so you can just hold it over a trash can. Oh yeah, they do that at a restaurant. They do that. They do that at a restaurant here in Memphis. Oh yeah. 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 I think that's <laughs> we've eaten there. <laughs> we've eaten, you have eaten there. It's delicious. Oh okay. Uh, there's a famous. There was a famous. There's something went viral at a restaurant here where a, ba- a baby who was free free training oh shit was in it? the middle of the shat, shat. this is the owner's like, baby yeah. shot in the middle of the restaurant and it got on yelp and it was funny oh, and everybody was passing it around for a while yeah a couple I years think ago. it was a big it was tweet. a big tweet you remember that it tweet? was a big twitter thing yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then james when i went to go visit him we took we just yeah i was like was it good yeah yeah it was, it was delicious. delicious it really was <laughs> there's not a ton yeah. of vegan options here it was a vegan sure restaurant. sure yeah oh so, right 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 yeah, it was. <laughs> of course, right. it was. Of course, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet that kid's not vaccinated too. <laughs> Ooh. Well, anyway, we should probably out. Yeah, I think I answer. think we just did. Uh... <laughs> All right, three to beam out. Who doesn't pay to try? All the smart boys know why. It doesn't mean I didn't try. I just never know why. Oh, oh.